Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. Whether inside or outside the loop, we are talking everything soccer in Houston. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Houston, welcome to another episode of the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and tonight I'm joined by Rodrigo Segura and Manny. I was going to call you Manny Putalias. That would have been terrible, Manny. But uh, Manny Olivares, uh, how you been, uh, Rodrigo? Been good, you know. Welcome back, everyone. Another hot week in Houston. I'm yeah, feeling not- it now. I guess I should have said uh, Christian. I hear it. I think that's why I was thinking of calling money, money putalias. But what's up, money? How you been, man? Good, good. Just here chilling inside because outside's freaking terrible with the heat. So just stay inside, everyone. Yeah, man. I didn't realize how bad it was. So I guess today has been the hottest because, like, for sure, everything was actually reading like a hundred degrees. Not, not just. It feels like a hundred and ten. No, it was like it was a hundred degrees. So. I don't know what the actual or what the it feels like uh, degree or number was, but man, it was definitely toasty out there, which was kind of surprising because it felt like it was going to rain in the morning when I was leaving, starting to get a little cloudy and overcast, but that went away pretty quickly, man. But uh, how you uh, how, how have you guys enjoyed, you know, soccer with the Gold Cup happening? And of course, we have Houston, man. Rodrigo, did you like that Mexico game this weekend? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, with Jimmy, Jimmy Lozano um, taking over the national team, I feel like that's kind of a good good thing for Mexico as a whole, just getting new coaching staff and the players, I guess, um, boosting morale. And that 4-0 win kind of set things straight, but hopefully they can keep it up and they can start improving for the next World Cup or something. Yeah, definitely like it was a fun game. Obviously, that one was here in Houston, so we went to go cover it uh, for Bayou City Soccer. Manny, uh, myself, and Dustin went out there. It was it was fun. It was cool, different for sure uh, compared to being at uh, Shell Energy Stadium. Different vibe altogether, wasn't it, Manny? Yeah, well, it's like, you know, it's like uh, I think it's a different atmosphere just because, you know, a lot of – you know, just a lot of Mexican fans in the in the stadiums, and then there's no like, you know, like you know, Shell. Understand, but you have your supporters group. You know, you have your banda. You have, you know, you know, you have EB. You have Texan Army, uh, the Surge, uh, Bandeja Negra. You know, all those. You know, with the chants and everything. There is just, you know, it's just the wave and just like, <laughs> the wave, and, yeah. and the booze and everything, but. Uh, but you hear, I think, I think, I think it's been a while. I think it's been since a while. Like when a referee makes a bad call, everyone starts booing like loudly. I'm like, I miss those times. I think, you know, our time we see that in Shell Energy Stadium is either when we have uh, either Austin or, or Dallas, you know, when it's like the big, you know, it's going full out. But I, I, it's, it was a good environment. I like it. a lot of drunk people. I'll tell you that, but that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, what's it called? Rodrigo, you lost power, man. What happened? Nah, this light over here keeps on blinking. Like, it's just like a strobe light almost, and it's annoying me. <laughs> it's time for, uh, for a new live old man. But, uh, but no, it, it was fun. Obviously, the Gold Cup has been pretty good. It's all got kicked. Or, yeah, everything got started with the U.S. against Jamaica. Um, 
uh, U.S. team that has a lot of changes from what we've seen recently. A lot of the main stars and starting players are out uh, in vacation as a way to return to their uh, club team. So um, it was obviously uh, a, a game that Jamaica ended up making a lift, but you know, difficult for the U.S. So, I mean, the games overall have been pretty good with with the in the Gold Cup. Um, I don't know which one's going to be the funnest group yet, but that uh, was it Salvador losing and that that B was it C group group C I guess right yeah that's C group. I mean it it's it's basically who knows who's going to take that probably Panama I guess at this point but um. The only the only funny story regarding Gold Cup, man, just it was cool because obviously um, being new to that that realm of international uh, coverage, uh, you know, you see faces that you recognize right away. And I, there was one guy, uh, Rodrigo, that we I kept looking, I kept telling money, I'm like, I didn't know this guy. Like I've seen this guy. Like and obviously there's a lot of people like that that you see just because they're from ESPN, from Tele. Uh, uh, no, TV Azteca, Televisa, like you see people from like Mexican media and stuff. I can tell him my name. I'm like, dude, that guy looks so familiar. It was a guy named Rafa Ramos, which he's like an ESPN guy, older guy, kind of bald. I think he tends to be a lot with, um, um, well, actually, I was thinking Fútbol Picante, but he, he shows up in shows like that anyway. So, and, and it was kind of cool to see, you know, personalities like that. And obviously, you know, the uh the Teodene um broadcasters, which in this case was like Kikin Fonseca and Osvaldo Sanchez was there and uh Jared Borghetti too. So, you know, it, it's kinda cool to see players like that and you start kinda like uh stargazing a little bit, um or getting starstruck really, that's the word. But uh <laughs> But but yeah, yeah, it was like man, that's cool. Like you know, I kind of grew up, grew man, up watching man. I know it was like Rudy. Rudy saw Javier get there. He kind of froze. He was like, <laughs> "Where he's going? Oh, he's going yeah. to restroom." Oh, he's like, "Let me follow him." <laughs> so you catch a restraining order. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was telling you guys because I was laughing, man. Like I we saw them eating, and I was like, man, this this Mexican players over here eating Tex Mex enchiladas, man, and. uh and I went, I went to the restroom because many, like, there is how many people there you would think, like 50 to, like, it was a good it amount a, of people. It was a good 50, 60 flowing, you yeah. know, it was not, it was nice. But there was only 50. one restroom. So like every time that like yeah, there's a break or halftime, it was like, you're going to wait the entire halftime to go in. So it just, it, it cracked me up. So one of the times that I went over there, I was like, ah, oh, it's empty. And there's somebody in the stall and I'm like, go clean my hands. And I'm like, man, it's Osvaldo Sanchez. And I'm like, uh, I, I would literally kind of slow down. I was going to say something, but then I was like, man, that's just going to be awkward. Like, just even talk to him in the restroom. Like, too much, too much, man, too much. <laughs> was... Too much. He's like, he's like, really start like, man, this game. And then someone comes towards it too. I was watching when I was in diapers. Conversation. Man, no kidding, dude. No kidding, man. Like, and, and Rodrigo was like, man, risk it all. Get his autograph. Get his autograph, man. I think at that point they don't care. I mean, you're kind of in the same level in a way, so I don't think it's like it's not a player. It's media. Yeah, like if I went true. up to y'all in the media booth and be like, "Hey, man, can I get your autograph for a picture?" Yeah, for sure. I don't think for sure. No one 
monitors that. At that at that point, you're uh, unless they complain to somebody, be like, "Hey, this guy's been harassing me for the last hour to get the picture." Yeah, that that'd be too much. That'd be too much. Yeah, I do. The funniest thing is usually whenever we're in the media booths, they you're, you're supposed to be pretty like non-biased, and uh, we're for the first game, the Haiti uh, Haiti match, man. Uh, we were laughing because everybody like that, like you knew they were ripping Haiti because all of them had Haiti like jerseys on. Everybody was like some kind of Haiti jersey or the, 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 no, color. no, they're like they're dressed like the team. They had the yeah. Haiti top. And the so you Haiti didn't shorts. know if it was media. You didn't know if it was like staff members. You didn't know if it was family. Like you didn't know. And when they scored, man, they went crazy. They like they they for sure went over there. And was like Shh, you gotta be quiet. And then that was Maybe it. Maybe they were part of the team and they couldn't get them like any other seat. So they're like, hey, just put them in the mute. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that probably was the case. But it was it was freaking funny. That that was pretty funny. And uh, but it, it was not nice, you know, because, again, you get to uh, interact with with local people uh, like Victor Rice that was sitting next to us. And then guys have done work for uh, the striker and CONCACAF, which like John Arnold. Um, so so it was kind of cool just to get, you know, different perspectives. and. Um, Funny enough, we were gonna go to do the uh, post game conference for uh, for the Haiti match because we we're talking. Oh, let's go talk to Fafa. You know, Fafa's there. Maybe we'll get him. Bro, literally, we were like, nah, let's not go. Kind of like last minute, the game was over for Haiti, and like the Mexican players and the Honduras player just ran into the field and start warming up. Like literally, like the whistle had been blown. People weren't even off the field for the first match and they were running up there and warming up. So it was pretty funny because the people that did go, which again, it was like Victor Rice and John Arnold that went down there. They missed the first two goals. So <laughs> pretty, pretty incredible. Just the way it was set up. It was kind of rushed. Uh, we were thinking, Oh no, the game's supposed to start, you know, I guess seven. And uh, we're like, no, it's probably going to start like close to eight, eight thirty. No, I mean, they, they rushed it. They started at seven thirty. So it was just kind of kind of funny to see that that part of the uh, you know the behind the scenes footage or whatever. But uh, man, we'll 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 talk into the Dynamo. I, I think uh, you know if you keep up with Bayou City Soccer, you'll see uh, the recast for some of the games uh, for the Gold Cup as well as the um, uh, Joey did a good job of uh, doing preview to the group. So you know keep it keep an eye out with that. And there is a couple more match days in Houston. I show Energy Stadium one on Saturday and one on one on Saturday and one on Tuesday. So uh, I think somebody's gonna try to make it out there. Not sure necessarily yet. I was thinking of maybe making one, but I don't even know now. But um, yeah, we can talk about the Dynamo Dynamo Dolls and Dash. But I do have a funny story because I think you guys are gonna crack up, man. So uh, this is well, I would say it's PG thirteen. Don't worry about it, man. Don't, don't freak out people but i think it's, it's pretty funny so we were uh we were this was like a couple days ago rodrigo knows exactly what it says roger you know the bridge that goes from uh from like that parallel high school to like the nine grade center which is yes. like bailey okay so basically this big overpass manny that just goes over the railroad track so basically you just skip the railroad track so there we're going and well right before i turned there's a car and uh and i'm like man this guy's kind of driving kind of slow didn't think much of it we turned left and then uh when we go over this so the overpass once you go over the overpass it's a quick left turn like you could get if somebody would want decides to turn left man 
they uh they're gonna sit there for a bit you know uh because the oncoming traffic tends to like get pretty heavy so of course i'm we're going there i see like 20 cars coming and i'm like come on you know talking to myself this is me my uh and my whole family are in the car and so so my two kids and my wife and uh i'm and and so we're going and in my head I, or i'm thinking i'm talking in my head and i was like man this guy this guy better go don't be a bitch like this is me talking right i'm like yeah don't be a bitch man go 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 because i and again i keep seeing like a lot of people coming so i was like no no this and i never cuss i really i used to be like cussing every two three words but i really do like try not to anymore and uh unless it's like road rage i guess <laughs> but i was like i was like oh man this bitch is not gonna go no go bitch like this is me just saying bitch like five times or something like that and uh and the car breaks, and I'm like, damn it, this bitch is not gonna go. That that's all I'm saying, right? And I know it sounds repetitive, but it gets to a funny point. Cause then it's like, of course he stops, and there's like 20 cars coming. So I know that I'm gonna sit there like in five minutes trying to, you know, not that I was like rush or anything, but all I said was, Man, this bitch didn't go. And I just hear in the back, go, bitch, go. Like <laughs> <laughs> My son out of nowhere just says, go, bitch, go. And I would just laugh. Like, dude, literally, I know, like, we're not going to put the video, but I'm literally trying not to laugh knowing that he said it and it was funny. So I'm, like, just, like, doing the whole car and, like, biting my finger, just, like, trying my hardest not to laugh that I'm tearing up because it was just, like, the perfect freaking thing. It was, like, the darnest. And it's so cute, too, when a little kid, like, cusses like that. And I was just like, this kid just goes, go, bitch, go. And anyways, it was like freaking hilarious, man. Like super funny. Uh, it just cracked the, you know, it just made the the day even just more, more, more fun than it was already. So, oh, man, it was, it was just, just freaking funny. So I, I always forget that they're always listening and, and they, they, he may not even know what it means, but. He's gonna repeat it, man. Uh, those those things are those are pretty funny, man. Money's like, no, it's not funny. Seen them early, road yeah. rage. Yeah, road hey, rage, man. man. Road rage. It, it, it was pretty funny though, the way the way that he just they, he just said it. But we'll we'll go into the dash and the Houston Dynamo, man. Uh, Manny, man, we'll start with you just a little bit on the dash. Give us a a little recap of the amazing zero zero game that that happened over the weekend uh but more importantly you know a little bit about the world cup starting and a certain brazilian that looks like to be joining the team possibly yeah possibly so you know still rumors still rumors at the moment so you never know until until it's official but no uh, i was gonna say uh that Sunday's game with the dash, it was during the Mexico game, but, uh, you know, it was so, uh, it was so peaceful in the media room, so you can watch it just peacefully. Uh, it was, uh, you know, not an exciting game, to be honest. Uh, I think the first half was, was the most interesting part. Both teams were trying to do something and more, uh, Angel C had better opportunities than, than the dash. I thought the game was going to be more, Interesting when uh, Katie Lynn got the the red card for denying a goal scoring opportunity. 
as being the last defender. So I thought for sure, like, uh, Angel City was going to, you know, just go and demolish. But it looked like, it just looked like, still looked like the first, you know, the first time, or even more than a dash dive, because the dash would have more opportunities, but none of them were on target. It's just they had more opportunity in the, in the box, but it was still a gritty, gritty uh, 0-0 match. Not a really exciting one, just gritty, more tackles, and just trying to get possession of the ball. Not really looking forward. You know, going we're in halfway point of the season, uh, past halfway point, and we're seven outside. But still, the league, it's still real, real tight. If you look at the table, we're outside, but Everyone is. I'm not. I'm not lying. We're all seven points from the top, so so it's still uh, minimum gaps. The World Cup starts in next in next July, next month. Everyone that's either called up or this was their last game in the NWSL. So July 21st, that will be the first game of the of these uh, fixtures. So. 20th, actually, 20th, 21st, 21st. Hey, that's, uh, that's almost a month from now. I thought it was going to be maybe a week or two from now, but that's... No, nah, 24th. I, I think, you know, as always, you know, as, like, the World Cup here, you want to start have some friendlies to get the team yeah, shape up, sure. the shape, shape up. And also, I think, you know, travel distance, you know, have, almost the majority of the teams are coming from the other cross of the hemispheres, you know, to get adjusted and everything. But, um... Uh, yeah, because the World Cup is going to be taking place in Australia, New Zealand, right? That's yeah, Australia, New Zealand, the first time. Yeah, the first yeah. time. So it's it's real fundamental for the the just the teams in Australia and the players there. A lot, I know if you hear like a lot of players interviewing and everything, it's really emotional for them to go back to to Australia and bring the women's game over there and just promote it. And sure. lastly, and lastly, you know, according to Brasilia. Brazil uh, uh, media, uh, Brazil forward uh, Andres uh, Alves, who's uh, on her last week of contract with Roma, the women's team, is uh, reporting to be set to sign to the Dash next week. You know, this is her final week of her contract, so she'll be uh, a free agent. So it's uh, she's putting up some good numbers. Dustin made an article. Just how influential she was on, you know, the teams she should be on. Right now with Roma, still a prime age of 30. You know, women, people, you have Marta, who's got color for the Brazil national team. She's like 55, you know, is <laughs> <laughs> still scoring goals. So, but, uh, you know, still with Orlando Pride, but, you know, still, still fundamental. And I think, I think that'll be a needed piece. Not, not because I know right now the World Cup, maybe for the second half of the season, having that experience. Someone yeah, because you you won't have her for the World Cup. Obviously, I think she got cold up as well. So yeah, uh, you know, you it, it's a piece that it, it kind of makes you think because it'd be more of like who you're gonna end up replacing maybe later on. Then mm. she's more of a ten. So she yeah she she's real most like a, a Bobby Firmino like a second striker. Yeah, or even can play out the wing, but mostly now like a second striker or a ten. So she will she will push that. The envelope a little bit more pushing just that midfield gaining yeah, the ball and shooting outside the box. I think that's what we need. I think we we'll cross too much and try to get the ball inside the box instead of taking opportunities outside the box. Which you know, I think a player like her and her finesse, I think will get through 
just get have more shots on target. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of like taking the work from maybe, you know, Shea Groom, obviously she's injured, but Shea Groom and, and even Barbara Oliveri, like they just haven't been able to take that basically that role of a ten to the next level, something that looks like Sam Layden really likes. So uh this you know, Brazilian international Andressa looks like she may be the one to do so, man. So uh, that's a little bit on the dash. Uh, I believe they'll be playing this weekend. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll have more information on that. Uh, make sure to check out, you know, our previews done by Mani Oliveira. <laughs> no kidding, man. Mani Oliveira is, like, uh, working really hard to cover the dash. Uh, we'll maybe get a couple of the uh, pr- uh, pressers um uploaded as well to the youtube channel so just keep up with us you know try to check out the website and then obviously we had dynamo dose as well this weekend uh rodrigo i would ask if you watched it but you probably did not watch this game since it was borderline i think like half of the game was before the mexico game and then the second half was basically during the mexico game if not maybe actually it was almost over by the time mexico actually kicked off but um the Dynamo, those men that ended up losing again at home, 2-1, two, two straight losses at home. Rodrigo, man, what do you see about this Dynamo, those? I can't talk much about the game, like you said. I actually just found out we do have, like, TV service in our in the room that we're staying <laughs> just because the main TV was taken by, like, my in-laws that they're always watching yeah. the Astros playing or something. And... um you know, and I got my iPad, so that's that's kind of my thing. But no, I, I didn't really watch this game, so I can't really speak on it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to watch more of them. You're good, here. man. I'll, I'll tell I'll you. I'll some games and go to the stadium. Yeah, I, I was able to kind of watch it, uh, and I was kind of laughing about it that we, I had it on, but it was just there. Uh, but no, overall, uh, I went back and watched the, uh, the highlights and whatever I did catch from the game. but. Uh, they're struggling, man. I think they just can't find to get a rhythm anymore like they did. Um, the, you know, obviously with last year, a lot of the guys were um, basically just players that have played all preseason. A couple of them had played uh, together for a while. And so it was easy for us to see the chemistry. Now uh, we saw like the team itself had like four of the Dynamo starters or not starters, four of the first-team players. Um, so you had Andrew Tarbell playing in goal. You had uh, Chase Gasper, uh, Brad Smith, and Brooklyn Reigns all getting a start. And they played decent, but you can tell it's just it's just not there, right? I think the communication is kind of lacking. Um, uh, the first goal uh, was scored right away in the 15 minute by um, San Jose. Off of a, a nice play, they kind of uh, kicked it to to uh, to one of the sides. Of the main striker went and got it and just crossed it into the box. And we know that usually those crosses back into the box and to turn in goals, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, then Brad Smith, Liverpool legend Brad Smith, was able to get a wide open uh, outside of the box and just lasered a shot into the uh, back of the net. Uh, that ended up tying the match 1-1. But right before the first half ended, man, I don't know how that kid spotted, but 
Uh, I can't even think. I know it was like number 70 for San Jose. He did like a really good through ball. They just split both of the center backs. It was fantastic. And uh, got the guy wide freaking open. Uh, Tarbell was able to put a hand on it, but he wasn't strong enough to, you know, get it out of the goal. But that was pretty much it. And then the second half was the Dynamo. Uh, Dynamo was just trying um, to find that equalizer. I think they had almost 20 shots. Uh, and funny enough, uh, toward the, I think, last five minutes of the match, um, they put in a guy from San Jose, and within, like, five minutes, he got a yellow and a red card. And that was it. So it was pretty funny. But again, uh, not a lot of Dynamo Dos could do uh, the second half. So they've just been struggling. And now they're, I believe they're going to Tacoma Defiance uh, this weekend. So it's going to be a tough match um, for them. And they went from, what's funny, Rodrigo, is that they went from recently being like one of the power five teams. And out of nowhere, they've just, you know, they're, unbeaten streak ended and they just keep losing points especially at home which that was where they the team did best last year I don't think they lost maybe one game at home last year so it's pretty crazy the way that uh the team is heading this time but uh yeah Manny Radu if you guys want anything regarding Dynamo those feel free man well last season though they technically lost and, and well, they drew and they technically lost in penalties, but that's the only time they they actually suffer a, a quote unquote loss in in Aviva Stadium. But now it's Sabercats. Maybe the maybe the new name is bringing bad mojo to the to the team. But no, I think also you have to remind. I think also even though it's not fundamental, but player uh, uh, players have uh, youth international call ups. You know, uh, like people like Xavier Valdez. You know, we have pretty good backup goalkeepers, but him, you know, notably, and also Juan Castilla, you know, two players that, you know, are fundamental to the group who actually, you know, were, were co-captains other than yeah. Palomino, you know, that were driving the team. And uh, I think it's just a lot of changes. I think, uh, you know, I think talking to Kenny is like, you know, I think uh, Ben is actually having more input on what to say with a team who are players wants more minutes. So I think before Kenny kind of had like a more idea group, core group to work with, you know, these players are, are most like the players I'm with. Now it's like more fluid. It's like, okay, this player I might have or this player I could take up for the YouTube or what first player I might have. So he kind of had to be more flexible and maybe that kind of messes up the the uh, the rhythm the chemistry, and the, uh, yeah, the chemistry. You. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Rodrigo, do you want anything, man? No, um, I'm good. You good? Yeah, so, I mean, again, we were hoping that the weekend was going to be better, but uh, the only the only point that was available out of the nine was by the dash on a 0-0 draw, which, at the end of the day, you know, with a woman down, I guess, people keep making that, but uh, losing, losing uh, Lynn, you know, you take what you can. But Dynamo, man, Dynamo, I think we all had high hopes for this match against Austin. Rodrigo, did you get to watch this game being that you were in Austin, man, or did it was another one that you kind of had to watch later on? No, I had to watch it later on. We're actually driving back. And it was not really Austin. It's um, and now we're away from Austin. So, oh, okay. Now we're away from Austin, about two hours away from here. What's it called? The, yeah, so I mean, 
I think everybody, at least us here, we thought that the Dynamo were going to get some points in Austin. Uh, I was thinking they could get a win. Just, I mean, the rhythm that they were doing, you know, getting a ton of wins, picking up that win away in Chicago. It just looked in, in Chicago and then in L.A., like they're just in a row um, that seemed possible for them to get points. Uh, the Dynamo already beat Austin twice, obviously at home here in uh, Houston. So, you know, it just seemed possible. And of course, Dynamo fashion, they just completely, I guess, pooped the bed, man. 3 0. Did it not look like themselves? Uh, especially, um, I kept telling Joey, uh, especially, I'm like, this is a really important game, man. You really need to win this. And, for me, the the reason why I saw it as one a big game, not that I care for like Copa Tejas or the rivalry against Austin, I could care less who it was that were the Dynamo were playing that, that weekend. But it was more just because the rhythm that you were doing, everything you were doing, and then the press conference. I mean, that game uh, on Wednesday that I was there, I didn't get home till almost like midnight because there was a rain delay. You get the big win, obviously against that Jose, but. I didn't stay for the presser, man. I had to, I had to go back. I, I knew they were gonna like the the door was gonna be locked for good if I didn't if I didn't get back home by one in the morning, man. So I took my chances, you know. <laughs> that that's all you can do once you're married. But that that's uh that that's for you to know, Manny. Whenever you get married, man, give yourself like a couple a couple uh spare keys and 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 uh, just make sure that you have a way to get in, man. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, no, um. The uh, the Dynamo just looked really good. And then the press conference, you know, you had, what, like 20, 30 minutes almost of Hector Herrera just basically leaving it all out on the table, uh, letting the fans know that it was difficult. He knew what he was coming to. He knew it was going to be a project. He knew it was going to be a challenge. He didn't expect it to be as tough as it was. Uh, we know the situation the team was in. The, the, he was basically the only one to come in uh, into the team during the transfer market along with Nelson Quinones, but that was never going to be enough for a team that was already struggling um, under uh, Paulo Nagamora. And not to throw him under the bus by any means, it was just the way that it was set up, right? The team itself wasn't good. But him telling you all this, the way that we see the guy be passionate, uh, be able to, or that he cares for Houston, he's bought into the project, I mean, obviously he's getting paid a good amount of money and he may have to say that, but but you do feel it. Like genuinely, you know, covering the team, you can tell that he does care about the project and wants the best. So I was hoping really bad that we would get points in Austin just to kind of keep it going. But Rodrigo, man, they just look bad. They just look tired. They just look defeated from the very beginning. And I will say the goals themselves weren't necessarily like, really bad goals or you know just bad defensive uh tactics but uh, the very first one was pretty lucky i would say but but they still look a shell of themselves man yeah i think that very first goal kind of set the tone for how the game was going to go especially um you know it's to me just the overall deflection on a possible like offsides kind of thing I feel like it's always controversial because we've seen at times in MLS or in other leagues where even a deflection like that they'll call it offsides um, just because you know the player is literally in front of them 
and it did change or it did affect the play. Um, but either way, you know, you get three headers, three or, you know, three goals that are headers or from headers crossing. You know, you just got to do better defensively in the air. Um, I think sometimes, you know, I'm not putting blame on on Steve, but I feel like sometimes he needs to come out more or control his defense better when it comes to crossing, just because everybody just seems lost. They don't know who's marking who. Um, sometimes you see two guys on just one guy and then they leave the other guy open. Um, a lot of mismatch, too, when you have Michael or Mikael. Um, when, you know, he's one of the tallest guys on the team or the tallest guy on the team and usually on the field, I feel like he should be 90% of the time covering the back post or um, that the guy that's making the run in, just so you know he's going to have a better better chance at clearing the ball if it's not going to be a short um, um, crossing. Um, and then it just looked like Herrera was just doing too much. I feel like he was probably putting the team on his shoulder, especially after going down um, 2-0. It was just kind of like, all right, I got to take control of this game. I got to help my team. Um, he did have a couple close ones, uh, but I feel like it wasn't enough. It wasn't more of a team play than what we're used to of them, controlling the midfield or controlling the ball more. It, it felt just more like 11 guys out there trying yeah. to score, not really playing as a team. And I mean, that's kind of what I saw mostly. No, and I was going to say, and obviously we, we've seen, um, or in, you know, the matches that we saw them struggle in, in the past and obviously kind of leads up to the same as same result for this match against Austin, but you know, a couple of players just disappearing, Rodrigo, you know, I, I think Amin Bossy was like no show Corey Baird, you know, we, we he's gotten a ton of crap over the years in Houston, but He's picked it up, but again, another player that just wasn't there, at least for the first 45 minutes, uh, you know, he and, and had to be substituted, man. But it, it just has to be difficult. And the reason I say those two names in particular is just because those are the guys that were supposed to help Herrera out, right, uh, giving him some kind of uh, viable options in the attack, and we just didn't see that, Rodrigo. Yeah, I definitely feel that um... – you know, coming to the second half of the season, they got to bring somebody on. Somebody's going to change. You know, you know, we saw a little bit of Sebas, but I feel like if he's not the guy, stop wasting a, a space or a spot on him. Um, bring somebody else. It's actually going to be, you know, work better with this team, work better with Ben's style of play. Um, and frankly, I feel like you have to do it now. Otherwise, you're going to waste Herrera's good years. Uh, hopefully, you know, you sign on Quinones and he's part of the future project, but somebody that can work with him as well. Um, this, the younger guys that we brought into the team, you know, all this, all these pieces, I feel like they're, they've been good additions so far, but you definitely need somebody that can either play as a good false nine, somewhat of a number 10, somebody that's going to be the link between the mostly the attacking with Herrera and your um, defensive mids because right now I feel like Herrera we've seen him all over the place we've seen him drop back a little bit we've seen him play as a number eight um, last game against San Jose was it he was playing more like number 10 um, or was it the game before that yeah no it was, it was the one against San Jose yeah. 
And, uh, you know, no, the one in LA, this... sorry, the one in LA, you're right. right. The one in LA. And he, you know, he's playing on the wing sometimes. It's just a lot of different positions, but it has to be something that if we want to be successful this year, if we want to make it into the playoffs and have a shot of maybe getting lucky or, you know, finding rhythm at the end of the season, we have to add a player and we just can't let, you know, a player like Sebas be on the, take that spot and just be on the bench for the most part. And we know like this Austin game, he came in. I know he wants to do well. I know he's, you know, I think he had a nice little shot there where he yeah. kind of did a Fernando Torres style um, quick turn and take a shot, which we've seen him done that plenty of times. And when we hyped the player up, we saw his highlight reels and he, that was all about, you know, his little quick uh, back against the goal, uh, do a half uh, half spin and, and just take yeah. a shot. But the way the Dynamo plays with him in there, it feels too slow sometimes, especially with the fast guys that we have on the wings. You just got to get in, like, you, you just got to go and attack and not hold back because then a lot of the, the passing lanes are cut off. You just kind of end up playing the ball back to the middle, back to your defense and kind of start regrouping from there. And we yeah. still don't have the best crossing, um, especially from last year. Yeah, you mentioned. Oh, sorry. You mentioned Ferreira. The Ferreira still looks pretty overweight, you know, for for the amount of I think they're trying to give him as much time to get in fitness and maybe him not playing. I don't know what it is, man, but he definitely doesn't seem like you know in in, in shape. And and you're right, he's not the fastest guy. He's a guy that needs to be in the box. But when you are kind of building this to you know have speed in the attack and and press it is difficult to to you know for him to earn minutes in this system and and it's a system that has been doing well under uh under Ben Olsen obviously there's there's going to be bleeps every now and then and, and this one is one of them but um yeah Sebas I don't know man and and I don't know how they can necessarily get rid of him it's going to be difficult just because it's not like a, a anybody's going to be able to pick him up in MLS and when you have a guy sitting down and not getting minutes and not scoring, uh, it's going to be difficult for somebody, you know, outside of the MLS to try to come and, and get him. And if they do, it's going to be for pennies in the dollar compared to what they, the Dynamo pay for him. And then uh, add on to Quinones, you mentioned obviously that they, uh, we, we will assume he's been having pretty good month, month and a half. Um, Pat Onsen, uh was interviewed by uh, Glenn Davis. And he did mention also that, he didn't really mention, like, yes, we're going to sign them. He didn't say, no, we're not going to sign them. But he did mention how it looks like Quinones was dealing with something, like, you know, personal. That was kind of, it seems that that's one of the things that was kind of holding him back in the beginning of the year. And then when they kind of found out and everything was resolved, it seems like his head is finally, um, you know, in the space of just focusing on the game. But um, there was a, about four or five days ago, there was a report uh, from, Pipe Sierra, like this um, good journalist from Colombia, that he was the one that said that uh, it looked like the Dynamo were trying to extend the uh, loan. Um, but now extending it, it, it made it sound like they would have to uh, um, have to buy him, basically. Like it was an obligatory, uh, you know, purchase. 
that they would have to do. So maybe may, we haven't heard anything. Obviously, nothing is official uh, on the Dynamo side of things. I'm sure we'll hear something. We'll let the people know. Um, but it seems like this guy, this guy uh, is a pretty good journalist. That looks like he's doing his job. So uh, it has to be pretty concrete that you know Quinones is probably going to stay. I'll say to the end of the the year, and then he's going to have to be signed on to uh, a nice little contract for sure by uh, by uh, the Dynamo from Once Caldos. But Manny, I was just going to ask you regarding. Obviously, we saw that of the same exact lineup the Dynamo played against uh, San Jose, and then you know on that win against San Jose at home, playing the same lineup in Austin, they look tired, but. One player that is not here, the only one, I guess, and being called up is Coco Garrasquilla, man. I think that in this game in particular, I think they miss Coco. I, I know we, we tend to mention how sometimes the Dynamo look better without Coco Carrasquilla, but I think in this instance, man, uh, I don't know what you think, but I mean, it's a player that would have been okay to have in, in that matchup. I think, you know, just like you mentioned right now, I think what, uh, what uh, what uh, Rodrigo was saying, you know, you know, Acha Acha is stepping up because you know sometimes uh, you know, sometimes like players would take it for granted a work rate, but someone does, and Coco is that you know the work rate that does in the midfielder, and now we kind he kind of does the wing position a little bit to allow Bossy and and Acha Acha to be in the midfield, but now that you know he's gone, someone has to fill it. And so either either Basi goes it or you have uh, Cody Barry, but I think you I think they got so used to of Coco just being on the wing right there and his pace and his work rate that like it, it leaves a hole and so like, I feel like you know Cody Barry doesn't produce the same passes or even just the same runs as Coco does so I feel like maybe the midfield feels like they're stretching more but it shows you how how Coco has transformed. In his past games, playing on that position, then then he has then you know beginning position. I feel like in the beginning of the season, Coco was trying to do too much, and really doing too much didn't really help the team. You know, they were wasting more opportunities. And now with having Bakhti more central and Coco a little bit more wide out, I feel like you know the team's actually gelling together and having more chemistry. And they feel like they were having fun, but you know. Right now, all Ben Olsen can do is pray that Panama uh, gets out early in the group stages so that Coco can come back. But I think, you know, that's what we need uh, for transfer-wise. Maybe, I don't know, a, a good winger and then maybe a good uh, another good backup uh, center mid. But if you do, you, you'll limit time, like, uh, for, as for instance, like, Poca Reigns or Caicedo, who's been doing good. Maybe not. Like okay, as like an MLS starter, but he's doing good as a backup, you know, giving him more opportunities. But I think it just, I think at the moment it's just, I think switching up the lineup too much and everything, you know, I think uh, the best eleven is what we put out without Coco is what we have there on Austin. Right now, I think just the week break, the week break, and going to Seattle, I think it will be a good, a good, uh, fresh. Going to that game and having a good mentality. Okay, let's uh, you know, let's uh, take that loss out of the out of our headspace and go to this game. And I think you know, in the next game we're still good on the table. You know, I don't think it's like hit the panic button. Anything because we're still 
we're still pretty good. We're fourth in the table on the Western Conference, and going up to Seattle is going to be a good test and a good, a good, a good result. It's going to just be the highlight of the season. Yeah, man. Players like Coco Carrasquilla um, are always going to be beneficial for the Dynamo, especially when they're trying to figure out. Like Rodrigo, you know, you're dead on, dude. I think they need to pick somebody up. They need to pick somebody up for sure if they want to make a push. Right now they're sitting in fourth place. There's still a lot of games left, man. So, you know, that can quickly turn into the last place. You know, you really don't know. Uh, You see how... Sporting KC started. Obviously, LA LA Galaxy is still struggling, but Sporting KC, you know, find them way, win a couple games, and you're back into the uh, playoffs position. So um, that's just how kind of the MLS goes, it seems that way, just because there's way too many games, obviously, and um, those those matches are very significant. But, Rodrigo, anything else you want to add about the Dynamo? We should have got a messy one we could, man. That's it. We should have. I'm still with you, man. You mentioned the fact that we should get messy and, or, you know, the MLS is getting messy and everybody should get messy for like a, 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 a game or two during the season or something that they should have done that. Just pass it around, man. Yeah, I, I say just play them as the neutral guy. You know, you just give them a different color, like a messy kit. <laughs> you just put them in the middle and it's uh 10 v 10, I guess. Or yeah, that's 11 v 11 plus ham, I guess. You know this. This will be the the um the old Adidas commercial. Bring it back with the Messi plus ten. Oh, yeah. You know, and technically it'll be kind of like that. But he just plays for whoever the team has possession, and yeah, I'll make the game exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding. You're right. But see now again, the games continue. You know, in the middle of the Gold Cup, which is super weird, but still, you know, the Dynamo are playing in, against Seattle on Saturday and, and the games are just nonstop for the dynamo even through this um international window. So uh in this case it may be beneficial because obviously uh Seattle has a couple players out on international duty. Uh and the dynamo again we talked about Coco Carrasquilla, but Seattle Sounders man, a team I don't believe the Dynamo have never beat in Seattle. Rodrigo, let's start with you man. What are you thinking against the Seattle Sounders match. You think the Dynamo can get some points, bounce back, or will we get two, you know, back-to-back losses? For being honest, I think this is going to be two back-to-back losses. I hope and wish, you know, they can get a, another away win, but having only one away win this season, having, what, less than four in the last three years, I feel like, or five away wins, um, especially not against tough opponents, though those wins well. You know, LAFC is one of them, and I think Galaxy, but I feel like Galaxy has been up and down. Um, San Jose has always been one of those bottom tier with us in the same level. But Seattle, I think there's a different atmosphere, different um, away match where, you, you know, I've never been there, but I feel like just watching them on TV, watching – how the atmosphere, how the fans are, you can probably feel the pressure as a player. Um, so it's going to be a tough match. If we get a draw, I feel like that's the best outcome. Most likely going to be another loss. And in a way, I'm fine with it just because 
for this summer break, how we always lose players due to international. I feel like having what um, Coco be the only player that we lost so far this season uh, or, you know, due to international break, it's not too bad because back then with the Hondurans, Salvadorians, um, you know, different Central Americans yeah. and uh, I guess, you know, North Americans, you kind of lose a lot of players and then you get this mix of bench players, starters, and it's never a yeah, good, I think, good thing. I think last Gold Cup, we lost like four players. And then, like you said, before that, it's always been a lot of players that we tend to lose for the Gold Cup at, in Houston. So just with Coco out, it's not bad. And the team still looks pretty good. Like I said, a draw would be the best. I'm sure it's one. it has to be one of those games that after losing 3-0, you kind of need a better result than that. But who knows? I mean, we did give up, what, nine goals last time in, in two games? Three games? Yeah. Two games? yeah. Tough. Yeah, you're right. And then, obviously, if you can get some points in Seattle, it would be nice because then you come back uh, to Shell Energy Stadium for back-to-back home matches uh, against Sporting KZ and against Minnesota. So, you know, if you can – go over there get a point or two or get a point or two get a point or three then you can definitely uh kind of build up again because that's how really like two two points (laughs) for both of them you know yeah but um because i really this is the final game well no shoot it's not even the final game it's the first game of july so if we really just look at the month of june they did a hell of a job i think you know looking at it we were expecting pretty much all to be lost is possibly, you know, maybe just the two home games. But, I mean, they did a great job winning four out of the six games that they've played. So that's not that's not bad. But granted, the games that you did lose, you, you got swept 3-0. So uh, it's one of those that can we get some balance here, for God's sakes. But, Manny, what are you thinking about the Seattle Sounders match, man? Uh, and maybe just your prediction on the scoreline. Uh, I think uh, for me, I think I could see a draw here just because Dynamo hasn't, that I first remember, hasn't won in Seattle. But Seattle, I think, just hasn't been a good stretch of games at the moment. Seattle hasn't won since or got a yeah, favorable result since May, as yeah. with New York Red Bulls and New York Red Bulls at the time of May was. Was trash at that moment. At that time, they're still a little bit better, but so it was not a good time for them. And ever since that, it was just draws, 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 and loses. And so, and so, but that also doesn't give me good confidence because if you want to break, you want to get a win when you're not having good results. Always trusting yeah. Houston Dynamo to give you the win. But <laughs> so, yeah. so that's 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 something in the back of my head, like. Oh, it's it's it, I could see a for sure a either a favorable draw or a or a, like just a nail biting win or just yeah. the other side of the spectrum just like just like uh, just Seattle yeah, just <laughs> whipping us again. But uh, but for sure, if I see this game, it'll be one one draw. Like that's yeah. the most realistic I see of this. But uh, but also, good thing we have the Gold Cup because you know. Sanos still have people like people like Jordan Morris, and notably will be out. 
you know, and then uh, that, you know, so it's still, he's not maybe not in good form, but he's still a good player you don't want to, you know, go up yeah. against. So I think uh, that would be in favor for the Dynamo, but I could see a good draw here. And uh, no draw is good, but I could see a 1 1 draw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel a draw too. That's probably what I'm going to predict, but. Uh, like Rodrigo said, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up losing, just because again, it's a place that we haven't we haven't seen the Dynamo be successful, really. Um, guys, I think we touched everything we're going to touch on today. Rodrigo, if you have anything else to add, Manny, if you want to add anything else, I the silence is is perfect. So, Rodrigo, man, if you can tell the people where they can uh, find us and connect with us. Yeah, uh, you guys can get in touch with us on IG and Twitter at Bayou City Soccer. You can uh, find Rudy at Rudy Segura 3. Uh, Manny, if you want to share your handles, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, Manny Vela 4 on Twitter. Uh, you can find myself at Rodrigo Segura 01 and Christian, who's not here but joins us almost every week. Uh, you can find him at Chris Putalias. Um, you can also find all the content simply by going to buyucitysoccer.net. Connect with us. Um, I don't even know if people are sending emails, if anybody's tracking them. Uh, shoot Rudy. Put Rudy me on the spot here, man. The IG, so, you know, it's it's been a bit there. since I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> or hit up our Twitter. Um, anything you want to add, Rudy? Yeah, I would just say, you know, thanks for listening to to thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share it, man. Share it with your friends. Uh, you know, we have a ton of soccer. Uh, apart from the Houston Dynamo and Dash and those, uh, we've talked about this. You know, we have uh, the Gold Cup happening right now. Uh, next year we'll have Copa America coming through Houston most likely as well. The uh, FIFA World, what is it, Club? It's a club World Cup, club World Cup. Uh, and the year after that, then you have the World Cup for the men. And you could possibly have the uh, Women's World Cup in 2027. So it's like nonstop soccer. This is a good time to be in Houston, to be a soccer fan. So, you know, uh, and and definitely check out our uh, sponsors at Senate Avenue. Yes, at Senate Avenue Company. Um, they uh, are a really good place to hang out pretty good food pretty good beer uh go check them out over there in 290 and bellway um and then just wanted to mention the uh you mentioned the website right and the, the shop the merch so I, I there's a couple more uh items that were added on man so you know if you like the show if you like um uh, bike city soccer our website man just you know your support goes a long way so you know, if you can get some merch, that'll, that'll be great. We'll be grateful for that. But anyway, Rodrigo, feel free to close it out, man. I, I lost my train of thought. I'm like, uh, I was thinking of where we were talking about the merch, and then I started thinking of ideas. But never mind. We'll talk about that later. Uh, you know, Houston fans, thank you for listening. And remember to always hold it down and keep it forever orange. Just don't